0: I have a cheering squad (laughs) ah good night good night good night everybody I must say one thing I've missed since moving down south is Wednesday night church because I used to enjoy Wednesday night church and I think it's actually very important um, that we have a regular forum where we can come and encourage um one another so the testimonies that happen during Wednesday night church I think are are invaluable so I'm very glad to be here and um um yes I'm very glad to be here so tonight we are continuing our journey through first Peter You know, and, um, so, have you asked, have, how many of you have asked yourself the question, you know, do we really, as Christians now, do we really need to live that differently? You know, right now it seems as though Christians almost kind of, Live identical to everybody else. I don't know. Ask yourself the question. Let's pray. Um, dear God and our Father, we thank you so much for having brought us all out here tonight. We thank you for giving us health and strength and you know the ability, opportunity to come together and to worship you and to share our testimonies and so on. Dear God, as we look at this uh, section of First Peter, we just ask you to really. Um, Fill us with your spirit so we can understand the messages that you have for us in here and that we can not only understand them But apply them to our lives and that the messages will actually change us and bring us to be more like you I pray for Christ's sake Amen Yes, so as Christians do we Do we need to live do we need to live so? differently or in another um, if we ask ourselves in a different way does the way we live as Christians need to be different from the way other people live in general? You know, I used to... One of the things I always used to find very interesting... And I need to take my phone off of low power mode because it's keeps blanking off all the time. One of the things I used to find very interesting was that in Curep. You could always kind of pick out the USC students and it's still actually kind of true eh? it is still actually true you know you're, you're in traffic or whatever waiting for the light to change and you observe the people around and whatnot and you could tell those they're most likely USC and those are most likely USC students as well and I think you know I think that's a I think that's a good thing I think that's a good thing Um. The section of 1st Peter we are looking at tonight starts at 1st Peter chapter 2 and verse 11. So you all could, whoever has their phones and whatever, their their Bibles and whatever device, you know, we can look at it. Now, the section section that we're looking at tonight is kind of broad. And so if we try to read it through or anything like that, it's going to take a really long time. So... <laughs> so we're kind of going to walk through the general themes inside here, and remember, we're asking ourselves the question: You know, do we really have to live so differently? So, as we look at this part of 1 Peter, um, starting at chapter two and verse eleven, you know, we find an interesting thread through the attitudes and actions. That would necessarily characterize the Christian life so there are many you know there are many facets to what it is to live um, as a Christian but in this section um, Peter takes a particular slant in terms of living the Christian life and the common thread through these different things that he explores here the common thread is the Christian life is a life of submission it's a life of submission. Now, of course, as you know, as, as Adventists, as Christians, we are accustomed to the whole idea of submission, and so this is the part where I do like the flight attendant in the airplane. Omari well, takes many airplanes, so he will know. When I say we know you fly frequently, but please still listen to the instructions, <laughs> and so the idea here is what what you know what is what is Peter talking about here um, with regard to submission and right from the start while we're thinking about what the Christian life of submission is Peter alludes to a reality that people by default are already living a life of submission and that is a life of submission to our human lusts. How true is that? How true is that? Now I know um no when we hear the word lust it it has a certain kind of connotation and whatnot on the you know um. on that side of things but you know when the bible talks about lust i mean we're talking about you know the things that really drive what um what we aspire toward you know Um, in first john they're kind of referred to as the lust of the eye the lust of the flesh and the pride of pride of life you know sigmund freud interestingly talks about how all all of men's passions are somehow linked um, linked to their pursuit of um, uh, sexual accomplishment or, 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 or whatever it is that you know the reason you would want a big cow the reason you would want to whatever is to attract um, whomever I was talking to Irwin, Irwin about um, his attaining his big muscles <laughs> I don't know what's the reason for you obtaining your big muscles, man. But um, yeah, yeah. So Peter starts off right off the bat, in verse, chapter two, verse eleven, saying that by default, essentially, um, we are submiss- submissive to our own lusts. We we are driven by what we think about, what we care about, and what we believe we have to have, need to do, and this kind of thing. And it's so true. It's so true. It is so true. Um, I see it all the time in my own life, you know, and I interact with a lot of people, so I see it through a lot of people as well. But the way Peter approaches it, you know, he doesn't dwell on that. He mentions it and he just kind of puts it right there, right? He just kind of puts it right there. And he moves on, and he and he goes on to describe what the Christian life of submission is. You know, and the first thing he does is admonish us to submit to. Ricklin, I kicked your micker. Eh? He admonishes us to submit to authority. Submit to authority. Now this is very interesting you know because peter was an apostle to the jews right and the jews during this time were not fond of authority because authority during that time came from rome right and in fact the jews were notoriously rebellious Um, And there's a rebellion which eventually led to what Jesus was talking about where he said, you know, Pray that your flight be not in winter on the Sabbath day and whatnot. Because Jerusalem was going to be destroyed. And it was largely because you you couldn't close your eyes from them Jews. You know, when they get a chance, they're going to do something. Right? But Peter was admonishing them here that they should be submissive to authority. Even when so far as to say that um whether the authority has come to praise you or to punish you you should be submissive to the authority and the big and so so that's a big thing you know all all that will be probably probably why peter probably wasn't so so popular i know with with um with many of the jews um when you come with messages like this you know you're you're walking the same path as jeremiah telling people to just you know submit to the king um to nebuchadnezzar and whatnot and um but the interesting thing is not is is not just that he he tells the jews that they should be submissive to authority but why they should be submissive submissive, submissive to authority and this is because sub their submission to authority um, as as Christians as Christian Jews their submission to authority would have been reflecting what um, would have been accurately reflecting God's character or Jesus's character and what Peter was trying to bring out here is that it's very important as Christians that we represent God properly because what was happening is that remember Christians were not popular with the general with the Jews in general right and so Christianity was actually seen as being an affront to the Jewish authority because they had the high priests and whoever and whoever and they had their jewish way of doing what they do and you coming with your new christian thing now and there's jesus and whatnot saying that you're supposed to do things differently now and jesus was so important and whatnot and so christianity was being viewed as an affront to jewish authority and so jewish authority was portraying christianity as an affront Roman authority in order to get authority to destroy the Christians you understand This this is the kind of thing that was happening and so Peter was saying you know you need to be submissive to authority so that people can't really raise these allegations and so on against you right And he then goes and he parallels it with Jesus Christ because he says, you know, Jesus himself was obedient to authority because what we find happened with Jesus is that he he submitted himself to the authority of men, which ended up with him on a cross. And all of this was him submitting himself to the authority of God, you know. And the reason that he would have done that would have been to save us. And so, when Peter is talking to them about also submitting to authority, it's about looking at what you're gaining in the end, and that is the opportunity to save other people by them really having an accurate picture of what of of of, of what God is, being able to see how. You know the whole sacrifice of Jesus Christ ties in um, to this whole thing. Now, as I read this, you know, um, it really kind of kind of stands out to me because I think one of the things that that Christians really have to be careful about. Is misrepresenting God you know interestingly enough just last night I saw Tusker Tusker was watching something on Facebook I don't know how many of you would have seen it because you know these things go viral or whatever it is where this young lady was talking about how she found God outside of church you also it was a kind of a rant it was a oh, interesting only Tusker saw that all right you saw it <laughs> yeah it was a kind of a rant where she talked about how you know when she was going through her dark times and she was having uh her difficult times that instead of uh, the people at church being a support and a comfort to her they were actually her worst enemies right inside there they were the ones who were gossiping about her who were tearing her down um, who were pushing her away and so on and i find it very ironic and very interesting but also very sad that in my experience with dealing with with people sometimes Christian people are the worst people to deal with and the thing is it's not that they might be stealing or killing or, ha- or committing adultery or whatever it might be they might not be calling God's name in vain but they might be very self-centered you know and that spills out into all kinds into all kinds of things um hmm you know I'm I'm thinking to pull on on examples and I'm wondering uh, do I pull do I pull on this example Tuska are you shaking your head you're shaking your head you're telling me no don't pull (laughs) Examples are exa- life examples are like are like testimonies, not so. It's like I could give an example of I wasn't Christian, all right. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, what I'm going to say is that Peter points to Christ as the example, um, as he will have submitted to, to man's authority and God's authority in his dying on the cross for us, because it was not only necessary for him to save us but to clearly demonstrate who god is and peter moves on moving into chapter 3 um peter starts to talk about wives submitting to their own husbands and that's a very important point it's not wives submitting to husbands in general is why submitting, submitting to their own husbands but as I thought about this part you know um this is a horse that we beat a lot and so I think we're just going to skip past that one right we have <laughs> we do, <laughs> we look that's a that's a that's a whole nice big topic right um but really actually this is an extension of the theme that Peter has been establishing so far which is about submission to authority you know just as um, he was talking about submitting to to the the, the state authority or to the government or, or whatever it may, might be he specifically said the king and all that um, we also recognize that kind of fam- family hierarchy where the husband is of the home and head of the wife and that kind of thing it's an extension of the same It's an extension of the same thing so what I found interest very interesting was what Peter went on to next and uh, you know it's a theme that I guess maybe I don't think about that often often but then you kind I kind of like you know accept it and that is Um, submission to suffering submission to suffering now you know nobody likes to suffer but Peter here is almost assuring us that you will suffer as a result of doing good Peter almost assures us that you will suffer as a result of doing good my brother has a saying, um, no good deed goes unpunished yeah no good deed goes unpunished and it almost many times you know something happened because you were doing something good for somebody or whatever you went out of your way you went out of your way and you get a flat it's like ah if I didn't go you know if I hadn't done that or you got an accident or something if I didn't do that, you know, no good deed goes unpunished. Um, right now, I actually have <clears throat> a very good friend of mine is going through an, an extremely traumatic situation with one of his employees. You know, and when I when he told me when he told me what was going on. I was studying this chapter for tonight and it was so ironic that basically exactly what is happening with him is the kind of thing that Peter is alluding to here that you will suffer and not just arbitrary suffering but at the hands of people at the hands of others for doing good you know and this friend of mine, one of, his, um, one of his employees, he would have gone out of his way um, for this guy in so many ways. You know, he would have purchased a car for him. Um, he would have started the reconstruction of his house and so on. He would have brought him to Christ, apparently, because he was not a Christian. And he would have started coming to church um, with him. And, and these kinds of things to his efforts and many many other things I knew uh, f- from years ago I knew when he would have stolen from him and he still allowed him to come back and all these kind of things and these good things that he was doing for this guy well I have basically come to realize sh- did did nothing more than to give this give his employee the impression that he had money and so he had to figure out how to get it so picture it right if you are boss more like me who never have money right I were like boy things are real hard I don't know if XYZ ABC wherever that kind of thing I have no money so you have no money to extort from me but because I'm doing all these good things so you I'm buying you a car I'm putting towards um, um, your house you know I've given you certain things and these kind of things because of those good things you get the idea that you have money and now I have to extort this money from you you know and so um, this Sunday he had to be in a tribunal with his pastor and whatnot because the guy said that he promised him $50,000 um, and so on and he didn't give me $50,000 and all these kind of things which you know, it, 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 it really and truly if in knew situation you would know it makes no sense you know but this is something that he has to be going through right now coming out of doing good and this is what Peter says um says would happen and that even though we know that this kind of thing will happen, we are supposed to do good anyway. And why? Right back to Christ's example again. Christ knew that the end of his of his coming to rescue us and to save us and to give us give us the opportunity to have grace and salvation would have been his suffering, his death and his separation from God and in spite of knowing that he still came and did it you know and as Christians this is Peter is saying this is essentially our lot in life that I guess you're not going to go like expecting that if you do something good it's going to come back to bite you but you're not going to be surprised if when you do something good it comes back to bite you and you know i'm 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 going through it because um in this way because you know it's 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 really long to read, and not all of the language that Peter writes it in is straightforward you know and actually when I was reading this, I found it interesting that Peter was the one who said that Paul wrote things that were hard to understand because there were some things in this passage that are pretty difficult to understand right but um but but yeah, I would encourage everybody, uh, when you have the opportunity, to sit down and read this passage. Um, 1 Peter 2. Well, read First Peter, right? But the passage, the section we're dealing with is from 2 verse 11 until 4 verse um, 11. And so, that's how chapter 3 ends. It ends with, the, with this pointing to Christ as our example. And, you know, having having gone having had that same attitude that in spite of what will happen because of his of his of his doing good he will still go and do good um anyway and then that leads into first peter chapter four and first peter chapter four i really actually like us to read it to read verses one to six together for all of those who have your bibles who have something um you know one of the things i really appreciate in the bible is um, is is when you have bible that is just good literature you know that that reads really really well and um i think this first piece of chapter four Um, is is a very good example of a a very nicely written um, passage. And remember, it just came out from chapter 3, talking about Christ's suffering for doing good. And it says in verse 1, everybody ready? Since, in fact let me change it to King James. For as much then, As Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lusts, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. Who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they may be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. We can pause right there. Um, you know, Peter started off talking about how we were by default subject or submissive to our own lusts. And he comes back here now um, and shows us that through Christ's submission and suffering, we have the opportunity to be dead to the to the flesh and hence and hence to these same lusts and so he started with it he left it he came through all this stuff talking about 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 submission and these kinds of things drawing it back to jesus all the time and here and here coming back to those lusts that he started off with and showing that jesus was the solution and answer um, to all of this that we have the opportunity to be dead to the flesh and to be alive um, in the spirit you know that it's to me it, it it is it is it is profound it is profound and I recognize that's something that I need in my life you know to have that uh, that 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 power to overcome the natural desires that i will have the natural wants and you know these kinds of things and i'm sure you know i'm sure i'm not walking alone in this you know and to really make have the things of god as being the most important things the mission that we're actually here for as being um our most important thing you know um in in the face of all the things that you might want to have, or all the things you see everybody else has, and these kinds of things, you know, I just like to read, continue reading from seven to eleven, um, from chapter four, verse seven to eleven. But in the end of all, but but Peter says, but the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober, and watch unto prayer. And above all things have fervent clarity, charity among yourselves, for charity cov- will cover shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man had received the gift, even so, minister the same one to another, as good stewards in the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. In the end, Peter continues to refocus us on the heart of the matter, that at the center of our submission, our suffering, is supposed to be our love for one another. Our love for God and our love for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you know, and I think he was ex- extremely effective in doing this in this pa- in this in this passage, and so I pray that God truly blesses us and helps us to gain this attitude of submission uh, to the true cause, the true mission of our Christian life to go to preach Jesus um, through our words and our actions that we preach Christ and him crucified. Thank you so much.